0: American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/give.
1: Hello, and welcome to American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media, providing writing, digital marketing website strategy and construction, and search engine optimization services. Visit Beatrixmedia.com. Experience your world communicated. If you like American Catholic history, please help others find it by sharing this episode and giving us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noel hester Crow.
0: And I'm Tom Crowe.
1: Today, we're talking about the site of the largest annual pilgrimage in the United States, El Santuario de Chimayo, in northern New Mexico. Now, this is a place that I really can't believe I hadn't heard about before until you were on a recent pilgrimage there with 206 Tours.
0: Yes, five days in Santa Fe and northern New Mexico with a group from Sacramento, California, and other parts of America. It was a great grace-filled time with great people, a great spiritual leader, and this destination, Chimayo, really is a special place.
1: This particular pilgrimage wasn't an American Catholic history pilgrimage, but now that you've been out there, we're definitely going to put this on the itinerary when we do our own Santa Fe pilgrimage. We're talking about doing that with 206 Tours in 2023, There is so much Catholic history in New Mexico.
0: Yeah, there really is. And Santa Fe itself has a number of oldest. Santa Fe is the oldest city that is a U.S. state capital. It has the oldest statue of the Blessed Mother in the U.S. It has the oldest church in the U.S. And right around the corner from that church is the oldest house in the U.S., Because of all of this antiquity, the area really has a story to tell about how Catholicism and the native cultures clashed and meshed over the last 400 plus years. Today's story has a bit of both, plus a tremendous amount of modern devotion.
1: Yeah, it's got all of that. But the particular site we're talking about, Chimayo, is north of Santa Fe, about 28 miles by car. And it is along the Santa Cruz River, which flows into the Rio Grande, not too far away in Española. What this means is that this area has some of the best soil in the region for agriculture. So it's been inhabited for a very long time.
0: Yes. So this part of the story goes back to long before the Spanish arrived in the early 1600s. Pueblo Indians who lived here for centuries believed that the hot springs in the area had healing powers. They, of course, attributed these healing powers to their gods, and so considered it to be a sacred site. They named one of the hills overlooking the little area Mayo, and from that, the entire area became known as Chimayo. The springs eventually dried up, but they believed that the healing powers resided in the dirt left behind.
1: When Catholic Hispanics moved into the area in the 18th century, many families settled along the Santa Cruz River because of its fertile soil and the supply of water, a rare thing around that area. One of the towns within the Chimayo community became known as Potrero, which means pasture in Spanish.
0: This Chimayo community was made up of a series of villages, and the villages tended to be just a few families. Many of these families would build chapels on their property for devotional purposes. Purposes. Priests would occasionally come to these family chapels, and family members would be buried in the graveyard near the chapel. One of these families, the abetas, had something special happen. The patriarch of the family, Don Bernardo Abeta, was outside on the night of Good Friday in eighteen ten. Out in the distance, he saw a light coming from a spot on a hill near the river on his family's property. He went to that spot, and he dug in the ground with his hands and unearthed a six-foot-tall carved wooden cross. Where it came from, no one knew, but Don Bernardo considered it to be a depiction of the crucified Christ known as our Lord of Esquipulas.
1: Our Lord of Esquipalas was a devotion that came from Guatemala. The original crucifix of our Lord of Esquipalas was also associated with miraculous healings, and the people in Chimayo had brought this devotion with them to New Mexico. So, when Don Bernardo found what he believed to be a miraculous cross of esquipulas in his hillside, he wrote to the priest in the nearest mission, which was Santa Cruz, about fifteen miles away. The priest came and saw the cross and believed it to be worthy of veneration, so he brought it back to the mission church at Santa Cruz and placed it above the altar. But the next morning it was gone. It was found back where it had originally been dug up. Father took it back to Santa Cruz again, and again it returned to the hillside in Chimayo. This cycle repeated a few more times before the priest finally agreed that maybe the cross should just remain where it was found.
0: Yeah, I think the Lord was trying to tell us something there. So, Don Bernardo built a small chapel on that site in 1810, and as word spread of the cross and its miraculous appearance, pilgrims started coming. As we said, the area where it had been found had already been known for miraculous healing dirt by the Pueblos. Many of the Pueblos had become Catholic through the evangelization of the Jesuits and Franciscan missionaries, so the idea that the real God, Jesus Christ, would sanctify this particular area by coming to them there made sense to them.
1: And then the cross was associated with our Lord of Esquipolos, which was known for healings. So the people came, Catholic and non-Catholic. By
0: 1813, the number of pilgrims flocking to Chimayo had already grown so great that the priest of Santa Cruz mission wrote to the bishop way down in Durango in central Mexico for permission to build a larger chapel.
1: Right, because Archbishop Lamy had not arrived yet.
0: That is correct. So Santa Fe was not yet a diocese. Permission came in 1814 and the new larger church was completed in 1816. This is the chapel which stands today. It is built in typical mission church style with three foot thick adobe walls covered with mud plaster. It is about 60 feet long and 24 feet wide. The ceiling is at least 12 feet high inside. The main altarpiece and the two on the sides of the nave are decorated in a classic Native style, and the original wooden crucifix that Don Bernardo dug up is featured in the center of the main altar.
1: But often the next room is where the interest really lies. Through a door to the left side of the sanctuary, you have access to two small rooms. The first is about eight feet wide, and it goes most of the length of the church back toward the front end of the church. This room is plastered with photos of individuals who have received miracles, plus Lots of crutches, braces, canes, and other items that were left behind by people who no longer needed them.
0: And the source of the miracles and prayers answered are in a tiny room next door. Just off that first room with all the pictures and crutches is a smaller room. This one is about eight foot square. Most people have to duck to enter because the doorway is only about five feet high. This room is called the posito, which means little well in Spanish. In the center of the floor of the Pocito is a hole that goes down to the original ground. This hole marks the place where Don Bernardo Abeta found the original cross in 1810. And it is where, since 1810, pilgrims have been taking up dirt and either rubbing it on their body or ingesting it in hope of a physical cure, or they put it into a container and take it with them for someone else in need.
1: Now the obvious question is how that little well hasn't become a massive hole in the ground, since pilgrims have been coming and taking dirt for 211 and, years. Yeah,
0: and they <laughs> talked about this. You know, some people do say that well, the dirt just keeps rising from underground, but that's not the case. The answer is that locals who maintain the santuario go into the nearby hillsides regularly and bring back buckets of sifted dirt. It is a very fine, reddish, powdery earth. With this, they replenish the posito as often as needed. That could mean once a day. It could mean multiple times a day during the peak pilgrimage season. Estimates vary, but about 25 to 30 tons of dirt is brought to the posito annually.
1: <laughs> that huge amount is needed every year because we're not just talking about a few pilgrims each year for the past 211 years. During Holy Week alone, upwards of three hundred thousand pilgrims visit the Sanctuario.
0: Three hundred thousand people visiting just during that week. <laughs> Having been there, I cannot imagine how that many people crammed through that tiny church, and especially how that many people or even a fraction of them get into the Posito. It is tiny. Now, when we were there, it was was a very light crowd. There were a couple other pilgrimage groups, only about 19 people each, plus a handful of families and some couples. It was very easy to move about the grounds and see everything.
1: Seems one of the annual miracles of Chimayo may be just that, getting so many people in there, even if only maybe a third of them actually get into the Pasito.
0: Yeah, and pilgrims come from all over the United States and even from around the globe to make this pilgrimage to Chimayo during Holy Week.
1: And not all of them drive and park in the parking lot.
0: No, it's actually not that large of a parking lot when you consider such a crowd. Loads of the pilgrims come on foot, and not just from the local villages. Many of the walkers come 40 miles from Santa Fe, and some even make the trek all the way from Albuquerque, and that's a full 90-mile walk.
1: And it isn't like the climate is the most hospitable either.
0: No, I mean, it's not the Phoenix area, which is, you know, oh, it has a nice three months. It's an oven on blast the rest of the year, of course. But Easter time in the high mountains Sorry of northern... Sorry to
1: all of our Phoenix listeners. I love Phoenix,
0: <laughs> but I couldn't live there. It's way too hot. <laughs> But Easter time in the high mountains of northern New Mexico is still fairly warm, and it's a very, very dry warm. Fortunately, many people line the pilgrimage routes, passing out water and providing food and aid to the pilgrims on their journey. It's
1: just a remarkable testimony to faith and community activity in support of the
0: faith. The grounds nowadays have so much more than just the main chapel and the Posito. There's a very nice shrine to Our Lady of Levang, which is the major Vietnamese apparition of Our Lady. Plus, there is, of course, a shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe, this being the Southwest, as well as a lovely statue depicting Our Lady very obviously pregnant. And plus, of course, there's a gift shop in a cafeteria. Of
1: course, pilgrims need mementos and food, and the shrine needs to pay bills.
0: The website for the santuario has a number of accounts of miraculous healings and other favors granted, including cancers and tumors that just miraculously disappeared, other ailments, and even emotional and mental illnesses cured. Due to the massive number of pilgrims, plus the record of miraculous healings that many attribute to the holy dirt, some actually call Chimayo the Lords of America.
1: That is pretty amazing, considering Lords gets about 6 million pilgrims annually. So Chimayo has a long way to go to catch up, but... If that many healings are coming about at Mayo, well, the site deserves some attention and high praise and more
0: visitors. Absolutely. <laughs> also, as mentioned, the climate isn't exactly as favorable as that in southern France. So it still, you know, gets a lot of people in spite of that.
1: <laughs> right. Plus, it's harder to get to. So There just aren't as many major population centers within an easy day travel as there are close to Lourdes. Right. Uh, yeah.
0: But this brings us to a major reason why Chimayo gets as many pilgrims as it does the penitentes.
1: Yeah, the Penitentes are a very important part of the story of Catholicism in New Mexico, particularly northern New Mexico. And they are the ones chiefly who organize and undertake the major walking pilgrimages to Chimayo. We'll likely do a standalone episode about the Penitentes because they have such a fascinating history and role in the Church of New Mexico. Yeah, they're
0: kind of like the Knights of Columbus. And there's also some aspects of trusteeism going on with them. But they're different than both. And their own ways.
1: Yeah, so they definitely warrant their own episode at some point, but we'll give a thumbnail sketch of who they are and what they do right now.
0: So the Penitentes are lay Hispanic and native men of New Mexico who are members of Los Hermanos de la Fraternidad Piadosa de Nuestro Padre Jesus Nazareno, or the brothers of the pious fraternity of our father Jesus the Nazarene. They are a private organization that keeps to itself and actively avoids publicity or public displays for their inner workings. They're not a secret society in the sense that bishops and priests are welcome to attend all of their activities, but they are very private. They arose at the time when the faith was becoming more accepted and established in New Mexico, but the number of priests was small and generally shrinking. They served as sort of elders in the faith to help maintain the faith among the people and generally to help other people through works of Christian charity. These works often are unexpected and the identity of the benefactors not generally known.
1: There is a lot more to say about them, but among their fraternal obligations is taking part in the annual pilgrimage to Chimayo. Members who might have moved away are not relieved of that obligation. They are expected, on their honor and by their solemn promise as penitentes, to return to the region to take part in the pilgrimage.
0: This is a big part of why the Chimayo pilgrimage draws people from all over the place every year.
1: But it's not the only reason.
0: No, Chimayo really is a special place. There is a sacred peace all around there. It would draw pilgrims from a distance even without the penitentes, though certainly not as many.
1: And if you join us on our pilgrimage to Santa Fe, which again, we are hoping to plan for 2023 with 206 Tours, you will be able to join us at this amazing and historic American site of faith, grace, pilgrimage, and healing. You've been listening to American Catholic History sponsored by Beatrix Media on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please help others find it by sharing this episode and giving us a five-star rating and a good review.
0: Be sure to check out our sponsor Beatrix Media, providing writing, digital marketing, website strategy and construction, and search engine optimization services. Visit BeatrixMedia.com. Experience your world communicated. Also, please support the many fine productions of SQPN at sqpn.com give.
1: To learn more about El Santuario de Chimeo, to find previous episodes, or to learn about our upcoming pilgrimages to important and unforgettable Catholic holy sites, please visit AmericanCatholicHistory.org. We also love feedback and hearing about great Catholic history sites and stories from all over. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash American Catholic History on Instagram at ACH underscore podcast or follow us on Twitter at ACH 1513. I'm Noelle Hester-Crowe.
0: And I'm Tom Crowe.
1: Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History, sponsored by Beatrix Media and produced by StarQuest.